You're listening to episode 66 of the Nicole Banks podcast, my interview with Dr. Kim Norman, all things menopause. Hi, I'm Nicole Banks, the author of the Second Act Formula, life coach and expert at helping women grow into the best versions of themselves. This podcast is peppered with a variety of women's topics for personal growth and development. If you're looking for ways to get unstuck, this podcast covers it all. Bringing you fresh new ideas every Monday. Get ready. Great things are about to happen. Hey, hey, hello, hello, and good morning, good morning. Welcome back to the Nicole Bakes Podcast. Of course, your go-to source for women over 40. And of course, I know you all are looking to master your mindset, boost your confidence, and heal those broken hearts. I am your host, Nicole Banks, and today we have a very special guest who's here to shed light on a topic that's incredibly important for women in this age group. Now, I know the majority of my listeners are over 40. The person I'm bringing aboard, I'm thrilled to have her here. I'm actually just, I'm just thrilled, beyond words, actually. But I want to share with you that she's actually a very passionate advocate for women's health. She's a menopause coach and an expert in helping women navigate this transformative phase of life. But before we dive in, I do want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends because our mission is all about helping women, as many women as we possibly can, to see their true value in life. And now, of course, without further ado, please join me in welcoming the one, the only, Dr. Kim Norman to the stage. She's on a mission to empower women through menopause. Dr. Kim, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's so interesting because I always, listen, I'm 54. We've talked about my age before, but I always feel like I'm 39. And so we're talking about a topic that doesn't even belong to me. <laughs> it didn't belong to me either. And it, I just turned 56 a couple of weeks ago and it's just a number. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it is like the mindset, the number. So it's one of those things where I feel like it's so important, right? The majority of the podcast listeners that are out there listen to the mindset and listen to the self-confidence boost and things like that. And it's interesting how we're going to get into your topic very soon, but it's interesting how menopause and what's the other one before that? Pre-middle? So you've got pre-menopause, perimenopause, menopause, and then post-menopause, which you are until you take your last breath. <laughs> Isn't that the craziest thing ever? Listen, ladies, if for those that are listening and you're in our age group, I'm sure you're in one of those four categories, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So and it's possibly younger because of some surgical procedure that threw them into menopause early. So even if you have younger listeners, tune in. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. So one of the things that you are is you are a retired chiropractor. Yes. So tell me that experience and how you ended up go, doing the shift, right? Going from a chiropractic practice into a menopause coach. Sure. So yeah, I've, I, chiropractic will always be a huge part of who I am. I started going for chiropractic treatment at the age of 15, started working in chiropractic offices since I was 16 years old. And then all throughout chiropractic college, I worked in various chiropractic offices as part-time jobs. It's just a huge part of who I am. I loved being able to help people with 
obviously the knowledge I gained from chiropractic college and the use of my hands instead of writing prescriptions. I just really, truly believe that we have the innate ability to heal ourselves as long as we are taking all of the toxic and restringing our nervous system and just creating balance within our bodies. And so I did that on and off for about 30 years and moved to Phoenix in January of 2020. And I believe people will know what that time era created for everybody. It is forever stuck with us. And so it was just a very questionable time. One, knowing like I swore I would never live in Arizona, number one. So I was, we're doing this for our kids. They wanted to go to universities out here and my husband's company transferred us. So they got in-state tuition. They went to ASU, NAU. And I just knew it wasn't going to be a permanent thing like this. What It was just more of to help facilitate our kids and my husband's company transferred us. But because of the timing, I was really on the fence about getting licensed out here only to build up another practice to move again in a few years. Sure. So coincidentally, I was for the first time, it was the first January. Okay. My body played some really funny tricks on me for a couple of years. I kept getting my period only on New Year's Day. Oh, I go through the whole entire year thinking, yes, I'm done. And then New Year's Day, there it was. And so that's, that's so crazy. I wonder what that was all about. It was my body just getting prepared and being working on all the hormones and reducing that estrogen and progesterone, the reproductive hormones, to the point where finally in January of 2020, probably the combination of stress and my age, I became officially postmenopausal because on New Year's Day, I did not get my period for the first few years. But with that, okay, every single time we've lived and we've moved a lot, I always put weight on. But I always managed to get it off. And this was the first time that it didn't matter. Anything that I did in the past was working for me to take that weight off. But it was also the very first time in my life that I was now officially postmenopausal, which meant my body was completely different than the other times when we had moved. Yeah. So I breezed through perimenopause. I got through menopause unscathed. But it wasn't until I was postmenopausal that I finally could empathize and had clear understanding of what women were going through. Yeah. And I really, truly believe it was triggered by the amount of stress that I was under with a lot of personal things that I was dealing with at the time on top of a move. Yeah. And I won't go into the details, but it definitely affected my body's ability to sleep, to handle stress, to reduce the weight that was just getting bigger and bigger in my waistline. And I just, I was just beside myself. Cause I'm like, I'm a doctor. I know what's going on. Like I know it's the hormones, but why is it that nothing is working? And so that's what led me to, I finally figured it out. I took the 33 pounds off and started sharing my journey. And next thing I know, I had women coming out of the woodwork, just sharing their struggles and thinking that they were the only ones. So it really was just placed on my heart to redirect my path and serve. And I love it. I love it because I think your message is so important. And it's so interesting because listen, like I said, it's like the mindset of being that age group where for myself, where I am in that, wait, menopause, wait, perimenopause, wait, what is all of this? So let's do this. Let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay. Sure. Tell me some 
telling signs for women and our audience who may not know. And remember, guys, listen, here's the thing. I'm going to throw everything in the show notes. Don't hesitate to drop in. I know she's got a beautiful little freebie for you guys. Five tips to help reduce stress during menopause. I'm going to throw that in the show notes. So everything we're discussing, you'll be able to have the summary of everything. And then, of course, all of Dr. Kim Norman's links and everything in that regard. Okay, so her website, her private Facebook group just for this topic, all the things. But let's do this. Tell me some of the signs that a woman would know or may not know, because here's the thing that we know for sure. And that is we put on all the hats. So we put on the mother hat, we put on the wife hat, we put on the career, the side gig hat, we put on the, the taxi and all the chef and all the preparation, all the shopping, all the things. We, this is what we do as women, right? We wear multiple hats. And so sometimes I feel like these symptoms of perimenopausal can get caught up into just everyday life of being tired and fatigued. So can you give me a list of things that audience should keep an eye out for? And at what point, two-part question, and at what point should we go seek some assistance from the doctors? Okay. So there are so many symptoms that are associated. Like I couldn't even list them all. If they call sugar over 67 different things, there are so many symptoms. But one of the... Many of the ones that I feel that are very important to be aware of and understand and know is depression, anxiety, heart palpitations, issues with your digestion, like things you wouldn't even think are actually related with the changes of your hormones, but they are. Okay. And of course... The hot flashes, you may start experiencing those. That's a very common no-brainer. Everybody is aware of that. But the brain fog, forgetting where you're placing your keys or like mid-sentence, you're forgetting what you're talking about. Like these are just all little signs of basically making you aware of. I am so guilty. I am. I am so guilty of the brain fog. And I keep thinking, I have a grandmother who passed of dementia, right? Alzheimer's. And I am like, she had dementia and then she full out, full blown up. And I keep thinking, I, and I'm doing, I've literally since probably, I'll probably say the last four years, I do a word of the day. I do all these puzzles thinking that it's dementia early. early yeah, you want to keep your brain active? Yes. Try to keep my brain active thinking, but, it, sure it's, but it's not, it's totally. No. It's, but here's the thing. And it's not just keeping your brain active to help keep that brain fog at bay. It's actually lack of sleep that is not allowing your body to purge all those toxins and regenerate mm. those synapses Okay, and a person's diet. Yeah. There's a direct connection between the brain and your gut. And if you're filling your gut up or even having to be on antibiotics, you are clearing out all of the good bacteria and 80% of your immune system is actually in your gut and your feel good like uh, neurotransmitters like serotonin are actually produced in your gut, even though okay. they the brain. And so getting a grip on like your digestion and your gut health and taking probiotics and maybe even digestive enzymes to help you absorb your nutrients. These are all things that have a direct effect on your brain. And because of the changes that take place, even in our digestive system, not just our cardiovascular system, we do have to be more mindful of what we are consuming. Okay, so let's okay, so let's go over the top, like again, the top 
signs of perimenopausal or menopausal. So we've definitely got brain fog, lack of sleep. You said weight gain. Did you say weight gain or lack of not losing weight, not being able to lose weight? Or frustration of weight coming on and maybe things that worked in the past are no longer working. And so you're stressed out even more and, and you're putting more weight on. You can't get it off. It's just okay. Tough. We even mentioned depression, right? Signs yeah. of depression could be a perimenopausal. <laughs> so think of it this way. I look at, at what we go through as women in menopause, what teenagers are going through in puberty. Ah, great what analogy. What experience okay. with your teenagers going through puberty? High emotions, yeah. depression, anxiety, lack yeah. of energy, making good choices. <laughs> and, at, and at some point though, we think though, there's a lot of my listeners that suffer from anxiety. So how would anxiety look different at 45 to 55? Anxiety is anxiety. It's just, you can feel it. Like either some people experience like the heart palpitations, some people like experience where they can't catch their breath. They are like, they're like frozen. They're just paralyzed where they can't things maybe that they used to have no problem doing in the past, or maybe they had some mild problems and now it's escalated. Okay. And intensified even more. But yeah, anxiety is anxiety. And that's how they diagnose it is based on the subjective symptoms. And it's just different because maybe it's more now focused like with your career and your job that you're finding it harder to focus and complete your tasks and do a good job at your work. It's not I'm failing school because you're not in school. Maybe you are. Yeah. So as a career woman or even like a mom, you're realizing you're just stressing out more and you're you have zero tolerance with your children and you're finding yourself like losing your temper and screaming and or becoming distant with your family because you're not sure what's going on with your emotions. So yeah, anxiety. And and the sad part about it is oftentimes then a doctor is going to prescribe something like Xanax rather than realizing it's hormonally related. Okay. For putting somebody on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety pill, that's really not getting to the source of the issue. So really trying to find like a functional medicine gynecologist who is not, has the ability to write a prescription as necessary, but is also open to the idea of figuring out, okay, what's causing that anxiety? Is it because of you going through menopause? Let's get to the root of it. Let's see what your hormones are doing. Right. Just write a script for Xanax or something. Yeah. We are definitely that, that country, right? Just like, oh, I got a problem. Here's the pill. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Um, what does, um, or let me just say it this way. How can sleep affect menopause? Oh, that is something that in all my presentations that I do for menopause awareness and educating and empowering women is it truly, in my opinion, will not matter how good you eat. Okay. Or how much you work out. If you are not getting proper sleep is so impactful on the human body, period. You cannot function well as a human being if you are not getting the sleep, a minimum of seven hours of solid sleep, sleeping through the night where you're going to bed and you're waking up to start your day. If you're not getting a minimum of seven hours of sleep, it is not allowing your body to detox, regenerate, and just heal your body from the inside. It's when we are at rest and sleeping that our body heals, our body detoxifies. And more importantly, as a menopausal woman, it balances our hormones. If we are not going through all the four sleep cycles and waking up well-rested, 
our ghrelin and leptin hormones are out of whack, which are our hunger hormones. So we're going to not know when we're full to stop eating and we're going to crave the things that we shouldn't be eating. Our growth hormone is going to no longer be raised. It's going to be reduced. And growth hormone, when you sleep, helps to increase growth hormone. It's the only hormone that not only burns fat, but builds muscle. So as we age and by design, we lose muscle mass, we lose bone mass. And so growth hormone, we want that to be high, not reduced because of lack of sleep. Cortisol levels, we go through our sleep cycles and it is by design highest early in the morning, designed to help us get up going. But when a woman has, you basically think about it, you're fasting through the night because you're sleeping. You should right. anyway, because your body's going to fight to try and digest your food, especially if you're too late, rather than rest and digest it. You, you don't want it to compete with itself. Okay. And so... If you are eating really late, your body is now fighting to digest your foods rather than getting proper rest. And so then what's happening is you're not going through the proper sleep cycles and your cortisol levels, which are by design already going to be raised to get you up and going. But because you haven't eaten, that's a form of stress. Most women try, like myself, I used to, race off to the gym, work out in, and then- Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. <laughs> gets off to school or you're racing to get yourself off to work and it's just race. And with a, with, between fasting, between racing off and, and going to the gym and working out, these are all things that elevate your cortisol levels even higher. And because going through menopause, your reproductive hormones are being reduced, those reproductive hormones, your estrogen used to be what controlled your cortisol. Okay. A lot of menopausal women, that's why you see that middle weight gain is because of a controlled cortisol levels that unfortunately no longer get controlled by your reproductive hormones as we age. And that's what menopause is all about. It, a lot you're, of people- You're referring to the muffin top, right? That, yes, that spring <laughs> top, the muffin top, the menopause belly, the metaphysical, all of that. Yeah. And that's the frustrating- part for a lot of menopause women that I've seen with my clients is they feel they're eating good. They feel that they're working out all the time, but they just cannot shed that menopause middle. And it really stems back. Okay. How are you sleeping? You're getting seven plus hours of solid sleep. And if you're not, you got to focus on that. Gotcha. Makes sense. And I know I repeated myself in saying this. So listen up, ladies. I know this is for sure. If you have a case of scroll-itis, That basically means that you are sleeping with your smartphone, right? And you're scrolling Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. You're really not getting your sleep. So I feel like the bedroom is a sanctuary. I feel I have no TV in there. I have my my iPhone is next to my bathroom. So I have to get up to turn off the alarm, all the things. It's just, it really is. And for you listeners, I really want you to realize it doesn't matter. It's not the size of the room. It's just your comfort level. So just make it as cozy and comfortable and be tired enough to go in and go, this is what I'm going to do in here. I'm going to sleep, right? Of course, you have a partner or anything like that. You've got those nights too. But what I'm sharing with you, it's just understated. I just really feel that we, I love this, Dr. Kim, this is the fact that driving sleep, it's so important because I'm telling you, it is a driving force for our day, right? Everybody says, oh, you should have this amazing morning routine. And I totally agree. I think you should, everybody should have a morning routine. However, 
If your morning routine is sabotaged because you don't have a night routine and you're not getting your sleep, then that's exactly what happens. It becomes this vicious cycle. Guess what we're doing on the weekends? We don't want to do anything on the weekends, right? Because we're so tired that we're trying to catch up. I like to take naps. I'm a big power napper. So usually around one to two, I set my alarm. It's a good 30 minute power nap. I'm somewhere in between there and I'm up and out. Even the Marines do power naps. So if they can do it, I know I can too, right? But yeah, and if you can. Yeah, it. for sure. So one of the things I know too that we talk about is um, stress and how it impacts our health. So we've talked about sleep and how important it is. Um, tell me the difference between you know, because again, life is stressful, right? We've got a lot of going on in the world. Everybody's still coming out of the COVID. And there's so many different things. And, you know, there's a lot of health things going on out there too. We, we, our colds are different. Our sinus infections are different. Um, I'm just sharing with you, what is stress looking like and how is it affecting our lives in menopause? Yeah, so that to me has always been, in my opinion, a silent killer. Okay. Stress is impactful on everybody across the board, children, adults, elderly, everybody. But the way that it affects a menopausal women is, again, wreaking havoc on your hormones and especially your cortisol levels that are no longer being balanced and in check with your reproductive hormones. That's the biggest thing. And so it's really important. And what people don't realize is we know what stress is, but you realize that there's physical stressors, there's chemical stressors, and there's emotional stressors. And so okay. we are being completely bombarded day in and day out. And everybody's got it. Everybody's got issues. Nobody's life is perfect. And that's why it's so much more important to be biohacking your brain and body and how you can control that cortisol and control that stress level. And it's Sleep is the priority. Having a sleep schedule is things that I advocate and I coach my clients on. But the next thing is, how do you control stress? Because it's it can cause devastation on your health and well-being. Yeah, I totally agree. It's absolutely so important. So share with me real quick the three stressors again. There's physical. So something like working out. Yes, we yep. need to be moving. We need to be working out. As women, we need to be using resistant exercises. Great. Wait. That's going to stress our body, believe it or not. But that's a good form of stress. However, that cortisol level is going to go high. And so if you're not doing things to help bring that cortisol level back down before you start your day, you're just going to be operating on cortisol day, which is going to just keep making your midsection bigger and bigger. So, so physical stress, the second one was? Chemical. Chemical. Okay. Yeah. So what they're doing to our foods being genetically modified, that's chemicals in our body that is stressful on our cells, our organs, the pesticides they're spraying on our fruits and vegetables. They're now making fake meat. It's just one thing after another. Plus the toxins that we're breathing in, we have no control over, but there's chemicals in the air that we breathe in. Okay. Um, I have a question for you. Do you sure. feel like tobacco and alcohol or any other recreational drugs are chemicals as well? Nicotine, definitely. Okay. Um, I don't know if we should be going into these waters. Marijuana is a plant. It's a medicinal herb. So yes, God created it and it helps to nourish our endocannabinoid system. It can help. Actually, it's one of the things, CBD is one of the things I recommend for my clients to manipulate that 
um, parasympathetic system because okay. constantly in a fight and flight, you know, just on the go, stressed out. And a good high quality CBT, CBD that doesn't have the THC in it is very effective to help bring your body into a rest and digest okay. state rather than a flight and fright state. But I, it's a personal, it's a personal choice, right? Absolutely. I but totally the, agree. I totally agree. If smoking it can have damage on your lungs. Like can hand smoke is not. The vaping, the chemicals that are in the vapes, you know, all of that. You know, they're calling it popcorn lung and, you know, all these different irritants that yeah. you're now inhaling in a way that, like, I really don't truly believe is there's different ways of ingesting and taking it in to get the benefits of it. Absolutely. And listen, here's the thing. You have to remember to each his own. I, I'm just, I'm like, I don't I'm want anybody to feel this is the answer. You need to do your thing. And I believe and strongly believe that knowledge is power. So if you want to do your research and ask and get your resources going and things such as that, then do it. It's yeah. to each his own. I know I personally have had pancreatic issues. My dad passed of pancreatic cancer, but I personally have had pancreatic issues. And when your your body is sent giving you so much pee, one of the things that one of the only things that truly worked for me was an edible. And mm -hmm. it allowed me to sleep. It allowed my muscles to relax so I could sleep. And that was the healing process. It was it was a very short stint. And that's when your body heals. So if you're not sleeping, it's not healing. So doing so, and there's so many different forms. It could be in the form of an edible. It could be in the yeah. form of a gummy. It doesn't yeah. have to be that you're smoking in and affecting your lungs. And so I, I'm not an advocate for it, but I just know that I had to do my research. Mm -hmm. I had to be, yeah, I wanted to know. I, I definitely had to do my due diligence and understanding the product that's going in me and things like that. And again, I'm not an advocate for it, but I'm going to encourage women to do what they need to do. So yes. the third stressor was emotional. And how important is emotional during menopause? Gosh, if your emotions aren't in check, just think about it. Are you really being the mom to your children? If you're just completely stressed out and emotionally allowing things to affect you where you're short-tempered and you're screaming, you're yelling, you're cursing, or even being having at odds with your husband because you're just so emotionally out of control yeah. and it, it could be due to emotional stress of the loss of a loved one or something that's happened in your community or what's going on in the world yeah we are all affected we have our own situations whether it's within our own family or family dynamics or friends and what have you but it really is important to not allow that be an excuse for you not to be able to serve others at the level that you could and should be if you were not in an emotional wreck. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I know that too, we talk about mindset and self-confidence and being able to deal with those as well as everyday life, right? Because we want to be, be the best person or the best version of ourselves that we can be. I also encourage, and this is such a big thing for me, is listen, you have to put yourself first. You do absolutely have to put yourself first because I don't care. There's a lot of women that are going to go, no, that's really selfish, Nicole. And I just, it has to be, you've got to put yourself first because if you don't, you no longer have the mindset and the energy and the will and the wisdom that comes with um, being able to be the best version of you, right? I know a lot of listeners don't have children, don't have kids at home anymore. Or maybe they have grandkids now. 
um, or they don't have partners. But it's just it's you can see the emotional stress on women, whether it's in traffic, <laughs> right? Whether it's at the grocery store, the holidays. During the holidays, a lot of people will call them errands where they just freaking flip out. And it's just like, listen, if you are that person, and I'm not saying you are, I'm not pointing the finger, but if you are that person, I ask that you just step back, take a deep breath and get right, level up, do something that needs, because if you're that person and have been that person for a long time, it's got to change. Yeah. And the reality is that literally it is a health detriment. It literally can trigger a stroke, yeah. a heart attack, right? Cancer cells growing. Cancer cells growing. There's so many different things in our bodies that we don't, we just don't realize the miracle that we are. We just think, hey, I'm just groundhog day. I just get up, I work, I feed, I eat, I, I go back to bed, I do it all over again. But there's more to life. And if you're looking for more, than that in life, then continue to listen to the podcast because we've got some amazing tips and strategies and know-how and go back and check your mindset because I believe it all starts in the mind. And one of the things that I love Dr. Kim Bean here is that literally it, it is in the mind, but there's also some attributes, some physical attributes. So check yourself. And at what point should we be going to the doctor? I'm going to throw this out here real quick before you answer that. So one of the things that I knew that I was in perimenopausal is the heart palpitations. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of women think that breast cancer is the number one um, killer of women. And it actually is heart disease. So for me, myself, I'm like, wow, what's going on with my heart? It's really racing. Whoa, it's really slow. Whoa, it's really offbeat. Starting to pay attention, right? So we have to know our bodies as well. And I'm just encouraging you all to really just take a listen to the podcast, listen to it over again and get in to see the doctor. But when or when should we or at what point should we go in and make that doctor's appointment? So I think first and foremost, you do need to be proactive. You have to be your own advocate. So you may want to make yourself knowledgeable first and foremost so that you're going in with ammo. Okay. Don't just it. So when should you go to the doctor? When it's affecting you, when it's affecting your health, your well-being, your family, do something about it. Don't sit idle. And you can do searching, okay, I'm aware of my body. That is the most important thing. Journaling. Journal and you will learn so much about your body, about how much you're sleeping, what it is that you ate, how it affected your energy, how it affected your sleep. Journaling alone will is like a key, a simple key to discovering and unlocking all the mysteries of your body. Just something as simple as that. Because when you go back and you look, oh my gosh, I didn't sleep real well that night. Oh, what did I have the night before? I drank a bottle of wine. People like it's seriously, it's like putting the pieces of the puzzle all together simply by journaling. And it's also a great ritual to include in your sleep routine because it unwinds you and yeah. it helps you to get focused. And just like Nicole was saying, Putting yourself first is the least selfish thing we could be doing for ourselves as women. I because totally agree. Just like they tell you on an airplane, if those oxygen masks come down, what do they tell you to do first? Do they tell you to put it on your kid? No, you put it on yourself first. So yeah. just what Nicole was saying, the importance of putting ourselves first. Yeah. 
we need to, we deserve to, and it's the least selfish thing. And it's actually the best thing that we could do for ourselves and our loved ones. And I know too, there are going to be some people in the audience going, I would never put it on myself first. My child's next to me. I had a client. Actually, she wasn't a client. She became a client, but, after, but I gave a, a workshop and I had mentioned that analogy, how to put ourselves first with the flight attendant. And it was so interesting because she had brought up, she goes, and she threw the fit, like literally throwing the fit. So if you're listening, <laughs> this is there for you. Now, these next paragraphs are, or this next sentences are for you. Here's the thing. So one of the things you think about, right? And of course, this is all just an analogy. This is not, but the analogy simply goes that the flight attendant, something goes down in the oxygen and the air and those masks come down. Now, if there's a crash and you put it on your child, I'm sharing this with you because I just don't ever want to envision it, but I just, I know the severity of this. And I think that this is really important that if the child had the mask, would the child be able to pick you up and carry you off the plane? Would the child know where and who to call for help? Would the child know CPR? Would the child know how to hold a pressure over a bleeding wound? I'm throwing that out there because those are the things that we, at our age, wisdoms of moms would actually know what to do. Hey, my child is blue. You could share the mask. There's so many different if we really think it out and really role play it, right? So many different ways an adult who has the wisdom and hopefully is not too severely injured could be able to help that child and pick the child up and run out of the plane or pick the child up and advocate for help, whatever we need to do to make that make sense. Whether your child could or not, I don't know. And I, we don't ever want to have to put that through there. But the reality is that when we take care of ourselves, then we're a better person taking care of our children, right? Or our grandchildren or our spouses. We're just a better person in the workforce and in the community, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I love that. So give me, what are your top two questions for someone going into a doctor that you would want them to ask the doctor about menopause? That if they would be open to holistic approaches and not just write a prescription for whatever yes. symptom they're experiencing. Okay. And like you said, to be educated and, and have knowledge is power. Before you go into that doctor's appointment, don't just rely on what the doctor says. Okay. If your intuition is telling you, I'm not comfortable with this, or I don't like how the doctor treated me, or I didn't like what the doctor said, don't disregard that. Yeah. Get a second opinion. Find another doctor. Call a friend and say, hey, do you have a referral? Do you have a recommendation? Who's your doctor? Can you suggest somebody? Don't just go off of that one doctor, regardless, even if you've been going to them for 20 years and you just, if you're not getting your questions answered, it's time to move on. Love that advice. It's so good. Let me ask you this, and this is probably the last question of the interview, but let me share some, let me ask you this. What are you recommending? And I know that everybody's health is going to be different. So you're going to do your due diligence, but I'm going to ask you, Dr. Kim Norman, what would you recommend for some woman who feels like she's got these symptoms? Is there something natural that you could get over the counter that would assist? I recommend plenty of supplements to my clients because 
they are just that they supplement an hour regardless of even how healthy you eat and then if you do all organic and you're like just a real clean eater it still won't matter because our soils are so depleted of the nutrients that our bodies require to be able to function at the level that we are stressing them out to have to function at okay so supplementing and finding the right supplement for you, whether that is a CBD that helps biohack your brain into getting you out of that flight or fright state of high cortisol levels, or one that helps you to have more clarity and focus. There's different terpenes that go into the CBDs that help with the different issues that people are having. Okay. Thing. Breathing techniques, being aware of your breathing, getting out in nature more. Like these are all things that are simple things to implement. It's all about lifestyle. And I agree. It's all about choices and then making that decision that you matter enough to invest in your health. Because here's the fact, you only have one place to live. That's right. And if you are not taking care of yourself and the struggles, if your heart's maybe palpitating, but you can't take in a full deep breath, you know, you're not sleeping well. You know that maybe you're having your regular bleeding. These things don't put it off. Be proactive. And take care of yourself because if you don't, you will. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. That's right. I totally agree. I totally agree. I cannot thank you enough for being here. Oh my gosh, this is just amazing. Let me let me ask you this: What I I know you have an an opportunity for women to check out not only your website, which is dkmethods.com, but what is the five tips to help women guide? Can you express that a little It's just a little guide that they can download. And it really just focuses on the things that you can do and implement to help reduce stress. Okay. As, as we mentioned in this podcast, how important it is to control that stress because our bodies no longer produce that hormone that helps control that stress hormone called cortisol. Awesome. And earlier we had mentioned about a Facebook group that women could join. You want to share that with them? Yeah, it's called Stress to Sexy (laughs) Cause. And it's basically just a platform to have community. I'll share recipes. I will share just things as a menopausal women and postmenopausal women go through. I share tips on how to reduce stress, how to make healthy choices, just and allow women to also share too what they're going through so that maybe there's another individual in the community that can say, hey, this is what I did and this is what helped. It's just a, it's a safe platform for menopausal women to come and be seen and heard. They can get involved as much as they can, or they could just be a fly on the wall and check in every once in a while. But it's just, it's a source for them to come to and, and get some answers to some questions. And they can even post questions in there and I'll be happy to answer them or they can even message me. So I love that. Now, listen, everybody that's listening, of course, don't forget to check out the show notes. All of Dr. Kim Norman's information will be in there. Of course, the link to the five tips to help women reduce stress during menopause and beyond will also be there along with the link to her Facebook group. And I love your name, by the way. I think that's just amazing. Stress to sexy. Ladies, I think you should join. Check it out. Dr. Kim Norman, thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure. And listen, it's it's just an honor to know you because I think your message is so important. I feel like it's something that we really don't talk about. It's just something we kind of skirt around, right? And or we relate it to just everyday life stress. So 
Thank you so much. Your information is so invaluable. I just appreciate you. No, thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate this opportunity and what you're doing for women out here. Again, thank you so much and uh, make it a great day. Remember, your value in life is immeasurable and we're here to support you on your journey. If you love today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Share the wisdom with your friends and women friends who may be going through menopause themselves. Together, we're building a community of strong, confident, and empowered women. Until next time, keep shining, keep smiling, and keep believing in yourself. This is Nicole Banks reminding you that you've got this. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to help you elevate your life to the next level. Remember, success is within your reach. And with the right support and guidance, you can achieve your dreams faster than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to take the next step and level up your life, visit my website at www.nicolebanks.com. Don't forget, I spell my name with an H to learn more about my coaching program. Together, we can unlock your full potential and create the life you truly deserve. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.